0: Welcome to the 4Streams Podcast. We are your hosts, Melissa Eisenbrandt and Charlotte Christie.
1: We discuss our thoughts, opinions, views, and ideas for practical application of all things neuroscience, positive psychology, coaching, and Christian worldview.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the 4Streams Podcast. This is episode three, and we are talking about E in PERMA today, engagement, otherwise known as flow. So my name is Melissa Eisenbrandt. And I'm Charlotte Christie. Thank you for joining us today. So today we are talking about flow and essentially being engaged or in flow is when you are in the zone, when you are fully immersed and you have this energized focus. So flow, you can think about what fuels you, what, what do you do where you just lose track of time? And it's this collision of um, meeting together of action and consciousness and just that sweet spot of being able to use the skills that you know, and um, perhaps an area of expertise, but also where challenge comes in. Yes. And some
1: examples of flow may be, I think a very common one I think of is playing an instrument. I think that's a place where a lot of people can talk about being able to get into the state where they lose themselves. They're completely engaged in the activity. They're not thinking about anything else. They're not worried about anything else. They're 100%. It's like they become one with the instrument hmm. is what I've heard people say. Uh, I think it also help it happens when you're working on something that you get lost in. Uh, playing a sport reading a great book that you just cannot put down prayer. I think we can get into Mm. flow states when we're in prayer, playing games, software developments. Another common one I've heard is people who are doing coding or, um, software development can get really lost in what they're doing. Um, I've heard people say, you know, you forget to eat or drink, Mm. Um, Mark Manson has his quote that you forget to poop. Uh, so it's that state where you're doing something and you completely get lost
0: in what you're doing. What, are, what about for you? Like for you, when do you sense deep states of flow? Yeah, it's an interesting
1: question because all the things I just mentioned aren't them for me. (laughs) (laughs) And when I first learned about this, it was challenging for me because I thought, I don't do this. But I realized I do in a coaching conversation with a client or in a counseling conversation or when I'm walking with a friend and we're talking. So I think I do this mostly when I'm in conversations with people, engaging conversations. I can also really struggle if I'm in a, if I'm at a party or at a, a group or meeting or something and multiple people are talking, I cannot get into the state. I'm distracted by the other voices. So mm. I know for me, I really need it to be a one-on-one interaction with another person, but in conversation is a place where I do this. How about you?
0: Uh, For me, I think about running and getting in the zone, but most of all, it has to be running in the morning when it's still dark out, still quiet, the world's still asleep, but I'm out running and just being in that zone um, and also creating content. So um, whether it's leadership or for coaching, but that creativity zone. And I just completely am immersed very quickly. What does it feel like? It's interesting because I think I'm so caught up in it. I don't know that I have necessarily feelings until afterwards. And then I think, oh, that was so refreshing or that was so um, fulfilling or... Now I feel like I can restart. So I don't know necessarily if I have feelings in it. Um but it's more so afterwards. Yeah, that's really good. Cuz I was trying to process what does it feel
1: like when I'm in that? And it's it's not a feeling, it's a focus. It's a fully engaged moment. And you come out. So I know I'll be in those coaching conversations and say I forgot to turn notifications off on my you know, computer and I'm in a zoom meeting with somebody, um, or I'm walking with a friend and then my phone rings, the feeling of being pulled out of Mm -hmm. it, I think is really clear to me. It's, it's almost like unsettling. Whereas being in it is like, I don't know the feeling that goes with it as much is just fully engaged.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. Like that, I guess the feeling might be settled or rooted, but it's not necessarily a feeling. Like you said, it's more of a, a mindful place. Yeah. And actually, it's interesting because as we're talking about feelings, sometimes you can be in a state of engagement or flow and leave feeling drained. Or sometimes you leave feeling refreshed and revitalized. And so it's important to remember too, flow can be positive or negative. So for me, I was thinking, man, when I finish with a run or when I'm done creating content, that revitalized feeling or refreshed or re-energized or reset um, and just knowing what activities most fuel me is so important because I know then, okay, I need to reset for the afternoon. What would help me? Charlotte, what do you think about negative, the negative side?
1: Yeah, it is interesting because as I consider, and I've been working on this, so there's other places besides my conversations that I can experience this now because of the work I've put into it. But when I think about those conversations... Yes, there's some I walk away from. I'm done. I end that session or my friend leaves and I feel energized, as you're saying. I feel I feel really good. I feel like I've just um man, it's like a good workout or something like that. But then if it was a conflict, oh some of my marriage counseling, <laughs> woo! You can sit there. <laughs> And you watch them in conflict and I can walk away from those. Now, definitely in that state of flow, fully engaged, probably need to be even more focused in and then come out just exhausted, exhausted. And so, yes, the flow state does not necessarily have a positive or negative aspect to it. But all of this is connected to this idea of flourishing. Mm-hmm. And so, as we talk about these five aspects of PERMA, this is being the second one that we're talking about. First one was positive emotions. We're talking about these five things that positive psychology has determined to help us flourish. And so, in that, I'm curious, I feel like I want to research this more now. If that state was, you come out of it drained, is that still that experience of Mm -hmm. having been there for an hour in flow, does that still bring flourishing? Mm. I'm super curious about that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But I think there's other negative aspects too that aren't about whether you feel energized or not at the end, but there's things that can happen if you are in a flow state that can have negative consequences. You wanna
0: speak to some of those? Oh my goodness. For me, I immediately think about when I'm creating content and I have to pick up the boys, I have carpool in an hour. If I do not set my alarm or if I do not give myself warnings, I will 100% be late because I enter into it so quickly and get absorbed. And I have to set an alarm so that I do not show up late. Like it's going to impact the way we show up, even if that's being late or not remembering something. Um, you know, I think about how if we're having friends over and I'm creating or I'm doing something else that I get in the flow of, and I don't stop on time, then everybody else around me is impacted. And so just being aware of that. Yeah. So what I'm hearing in that is
1: this idea that this can be positive or negative, depending on whether or not you have control over that flow state or that flow state's controlling you. Yes, 100%. And and I've heard this described also as like a hyper focus um, most often, it's interesting, because I'm trying to think through if this happens, if I've heard this uh, reversing genders, but most often wives complaining about husbands getting so hyper focused, that they're not aware of anything going on around them. Mm-hmm. And I hear these and I watch this and I get jealous. Could you imagine as a mom being able to be so focused on something that you don't hear your kids screaming and fighting and you can just stay completely engaged in your task?
0: (laughs) No, I cannot imagine that.
1: Uh, It would be such a blessing to be able to do that.
0: The kids may not think so.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, but that, I think that's another place it can get negative is, is when you aren't able to pay attention to what's going on around you. Um, you may forget other tasks for the mm-hmm. day that you were supposed to do. Was it you? Someone was telling me about forgetting to pick someone up at the airport. Oh, no, because that was not me. <laughs> they were so lost in what they were doing and they were supposed to have gone to the airport and pick somebody up. And yeah, so there's just different aspects of it that if it's controlling you and you haven't intentionally mm-hmm. focused on what do you have to do in your environment to change it so that so that this works for you. Mm-hmm. And doesn't necessarily have a lot of negative ramifications.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because environment can have such a huge impact on flow, even entering into that engagement. And I think about, um, I was working with a client who was doing trainings and she showed up, um, we had done two back to back. She showed up at the first one and everything from the start was really seamless. Like their energy was high. Um, Both of them had just a lot of good flow between them even and good connection with those who were in the class. And the next one, everything felt so challenging and stuttered or forced or um, divided. And when we were reflecting on that, I was kind of coaching them through that and asking them questions. And ultimately it came down to environment because of the second one from the start, it was, okay, security is real high today. And so we're going to need this and this and this from you. And so it was different. And then the environment of the classroom was so different. Technology wasn't working. There were no windows. And all of these pieces drastically impacted their ability to get in that state. And so I think for us to be aware of what are the factors in our environment that are going to make such an impact and influence our ability to enter into that. So Charla, for you um, or for your clients, what are some of the things that you see interfering the most?
1: Yeah, for me, that's interesting, because as you're describing that, I'm thinking how clean my house is, how clear my desk is, is going to impact how much I'm able to focus on anything that I'm doing. And so I have learned to make sure that the room around me is in order. So that's a big piece. I got a dog. If my dog comes scratching on my door, <laughs> it pulls me out of flow. Um Yeah, the environment definitely impacts mm. it, huh? If it oh, <laughs> there's a window I can see out of and again, my neighbor's dog, every time my neighbor's dog comes out just out of the corner of my eye, I can see that. I'm very distractible. Mm -hmm. And so getting that's why I like to do a lot of my coaching conversations as much as possible with audio only, Mm -hmm. because I will close my eyes and I will put my hands over my earbuds to make
0: sure that nothing else is coming in to distract me. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, too, because I wonder... For us in different places, so what visually is going to distract us the most? Or for some people, maybe it's sounds that are going to distract us the most. But being aware of what those factors are, like for me, honestly, even coming in the back door, if there's shoe, if there are shoes everywhere, instead of like put even in this box that we have, the whole house feels messy just because the back rug where i'm entering into the house there are shoes right there. and so even knowing the triggers like for some people i have a client and she discovered that it was the pens and pencils on her desk that if they were not kept in order it was immediately frustrating like it set her day off in a like feeling out of out of sorts. yeah that's super interesting. Because I'm
1: thinking about somebody, if we go to an extreme, somebody who has um, um, obsessive compulsive disorder diagnosis, we'd see the extreme of that. They cannot function, let alone get into a flow state. Mm -hmm. And each of us probably has some level of that. For you, it's the shoes, Mm -hmm. right? For me, it's what's on my desk that might distract me Mm -hmm. based on the order that it's in. And so super powerful, right? To just know this about yourself and what are the things that bother you and get in the way of you being able to get into this fully engaged state and something that you're doing.
0: And on the flip side of that, what are the things that really foster, what things that the environment can foster that flow state or what, um, what can help you get in the zone? Yeah, that's good. Do you have ideas? What helps you? Yes. So for me, this makes a huge difference. Running, like I mentioned, in the dark, in the morning, early, before the world wakes up, is a completely different experience than running after daylight. Like, it's just a completely different experience. And when I think about creating content, honestly, even having the door closed to my office makes a huge difference because it feels like, okay, there's privacy. No one can walk in without me knowing. Like there's just something about having the door closed versus having the door open while I'm creating content. So things like that. Sometimes, honestly, it's um, like lighting a candle. Yes. Yeah. I do that one too. That's a good one. Yeah.
1: What about for you? It's interesting as you're talking, I'm thinking about like this idea that as as moms in particular, we always feel on. We always feel on. Even if our kids are at school, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's this sense of you may be needed at any point in time. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about we've had some hard lives. And maybe this isn't true for everyone. But I have this sense of I'm always on. And so if my son is in the house, it's harder for me to be fully Mm -hmm. engaged in a task. I've Mm -hmm. noticed if he's not in the house, both earbuds go in. And when I listen to my podcast when I'm cleaning, if he's in the house, only one earbud goes in as I listen to my podcast when I'm cleaning, because always ready to hear the need Mm -hmm. come towards me. And you know what, then it's making me think about this idea. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, Melissa, about mindfulness Mm -hmm. before the episode we were talking, this idea of mindfulness and how is this flow different from mindfulness? Because I do believe that I've shifted that. Could it be because my kid's 15 and he's not too. <laughs> uh, or could it be the work I've done to work my brain to focus on one thing at one time mm-hmm. all the time, like you would do with meditation?
0: Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on how this connects with mindfulness? Yeah, it's interesting. For me, when I think of mindfulness, I think of more um, like meditation and focus, but not necessarily productive But then with engagement or flow, I think of, okay, I was hyper-focused and I finished this project or, and I made this content or, and I ran this many miles. So there's some piece of productivity in my mind that comes with flow versus mindfulness.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I think something that, you know, I've tried to work on is just being more, fully present in whatever I'm doing, which I do think is different than the state of flow. Mm -hmm. And so not allowing my brain to be pulled in multiple directions to multiple things. I hear hammering outside right now. My brain just got pulled right now as we're talking and then to say, no, it's not time for that. Come back to this, but this is a task that we are doing. And Yet, I want to be fully present and mindful. I'm not sure. It's interesting how all these terms are interconnected, which brings up a point I want to say to everyone. We are not experts on (laughs) any of these things. We are sharing the little bits that we have learned. I mean, to be honest, I've realized the older I get everyone's sharing the little bits that they have learned, even the experts. But we are by far not experts in this. And so we certainly encourage you to research all of these things on your own Mm -hmm. for growth.
0: And going back to what you were saying about, you've said a couple times now that you've trained your brain to focus on one thing. So then I think of, okay, what about those with ADD? What about those um, with addiction or trauma? How do you see that interfering if at all, with the ability to engage or to get into that state of flow? Yeah, it's interesting because I d-
1: recently um, went through a four-month course of neuro- neurofeedback training. And in that process, uh, they did a QEEG map mm-hmm. of my brain, quantitative electroencephalograph I think is what that stands for, <laughs> <laughs> and in that map of my brain, they were able to see there's these, f- I think three different little areas of the brain um, that they see are on high alert all mm-hmm. the time. They never shut down, super high alert all the time, and they said they usually see that in a brain that has experienced trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I did some research around that to discover, you know, what is that about? And their goal in the neurofeedback was to calm my brain down so it wasn't constantly on high alert. One of the things they said they believed is I didn't even get deep sleep because my brain was constantly turned on. It makes sense. I wake up with every tiny little sound that happens in my household. But I started wondering is this maybe what impacts my state of flow too, my ability to get into that and the research that I read said absolutely when you're on high alert Mm. basically all of your senses there's there's different waves in your brain I'm sorry I can't remember which or which (laughs) again go research (laughs) go learn more there's different waves in your brain that allow your brain to calm down, rest and focus on one thing versus other brains that allow you to respond well when you're in danger. And so the waves that let me respond well when I'm in danger, those were on all of the time which was impacting my ability to focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. And so thus not be able to get into a flow state. Mm-hmm. So I think if you are out there and you've experienced trauma and you're saying, what is this flow state? Because that is where I was when I first learned about this. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't even know what they mean. And I do believe it was my work on meditation, mindfulness and presence that helped me be able to start adjusting Mm -hmm. to be able to do this. But that trauma brain and for ADHD, I'm not sure. But I think too, I've seen both. Some people get so focused, they don't hear or realize or experience anything else. And none of moms who say, I can call him out eight times and he doesn't hear me. <laughs> and others who cannot focus. So I don't mm. have a lot of clarity on how that one works. But yes, I have no doubt it's impacting flow
0: states. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, so how do you do it? Like, How do you get into that state of flow? What does it look like to... Um, Whether it's environmental interferences or our own histories that could interfere, but how do you do it? And so...
1: Sounds like time for our go try.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So for the go try, it's really experimenting is our challenge for you. And so for you, what are you noticing that you can easily get into flow What are you noticing that really interferes or disrupts or distracts you from being in flow? And what are the factors that most influence? How do you feel walking away from certain activities? Um, Even if you are focused, is it draining? Is it refreshing? So the go try this week is experimenting with practicing mindfulness and um, just exploring what that looks like personally and then going from there.
1: Excellent. Thank you all for joining us for episode three of our podcast, our six point series on PERMA. Next week, we'll be talking about relationships. So we hope you'll come back and join us again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this four streams podcast. Anything shared on this podcast should not be taken as medical advice, nor is it a substitute for medical expertise or treatment.